I kind of backed away from my culture. We did know a lot of uh, Japanese people, and of course in, in school, all through school, I had Japanese uh, classmates, but yeah, I, I knew there was a war. When people see you, they already have these preconceived ideas about you, and, and I still feel this way. Um, just kind of, you know, not, not comfortable. If growing up as a child of immigrants poses some challenges, growing up as a child of Japanese immigrants in post-World War II era was difficult for many. Fumiko Sari Matsumoto Adams grew up in Southern California during the 1950s and 1960s and is a member of Arizona's Japanese American Citizen League. My parents really didn't talk about uh, what happened at camp. They didn't talk at all? Very, very little about. I just knew that, uh, well, when I was growing up and they were talking about the camp, I didn't know what they were talking about because, uh, you know, at that time, it's, it's not in the history books. You know, the only camp I know is, you know, the camp that kids go to, you know, scout camp or something. <laughs> like her parents, Many people of Japanese ancestry didn't talk to their children about what they experienced at the U.S. incarceration camp during World War II. They needed to focus on moving on from the past and building a better future for their children. Growing up as a child of Japanese immigrants, it was a long journey for Sally to start learning about her family history and appreciating her heritage. This is Chasing Cherry Blossoms, reframing American history through the Japanese experience. I was born in uh, Stockton, California, and my parents uh, moved there after the war and worked on a, a farm in uh, Delta region of, of uh, California, south of uh, San Francisco. My parents during the war were, uh, uh, they originally uh, lived in the Los Angeles area. And uh, when the war started, they were sent to uh, Santa Anita. It was like a, uh, a holding area for the Japanese until they were uh, assigned to go to different camps. They went to Arkansas. They first went to um, uh, Jerome and they were there for a couple of years, I think, and then that camp closed, and then they went to the uh, other one, which was Roar. From there, they, uh, when they were released, they moved to California, and uh, the island they were on was Mandeville Island. They lived there for, from the end of the war till about 1950, and uh, at that time, they moved to Gardena, California, where my grandmother lived. Uh, and uh, Gardena was a suburb of Los Angeles, and there was quite a few Japanese people that moved there after the war. Sally's father immigrated from Wada, Japan, near Yonago in Totori Prefecture. My father came over, I, I think, in around the 20s or so. The story that I got was he came over, uh, he was here illegally, 
and they sent him back and then he got on another ship or whatever and came back. Uh, he, the second time around, I think he went to Canada and then made his way back down to California. Did he ever talk about why he so much wanted to come? He was the second son, so I, I know his, uh, his brother probably got the family house and things like that. And, and I don't know that back in the maybe 20s or so, maybe there wasn't a lot of opportunity for a young man in Japan. Uh, a lot of the, the people from his town, Wada, uh, evidently immigrated to the United States. When the U.S. entered World War II, her father wanted to find a way to stay in the U.S., even though that meant incarceration. My father was going to be deported <laughs> again because the war started. He was going to be deported, so he needed to get married to somebody that right. had, is a United States citizen. Um, my mother was born in the uh, United States, so that, that was it. And he was you know, from the same village, and I don't know, I'm, I'm sure they must all know each other. Your mother was very generous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, I think it was a surprise for my mother. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's how they got together. On her mother's side, Sari's grandfather first came to the United States in the early 1900s. After he passed away, Sari's grandmother returned to Japan, but then decided to come back to the U.S. again with her children. Uh, or my grandmother, she came back to the United States uh, when my mother was a teenager. My two uncles at that time were younger, so I would assume that she brought my mother to take care of her brothers while, because uh, my grandmother was single, so she would have to work. They found a help because the, they had not, not family, but friends that they had known before that came from the same uh, village, so she had help. Sari spent her youth living with her parents and grandmother in Gardena, California. Uh, my father was a gardener. You know, he had his truck and all his equipment. He would go to people's houses and take care of their yards. And he was in uh, uh, different, uh, like, associations. They, they had, uh, like, the Gardener's Association that he was in. And... Um, when we moved to Gardena, a lot of their friends from camp moved in that area also. So their friends were the older people that, that were in the camps with them. They spoke Japanese. Uh, I, uh, my, my mother spoke English, but uh, most of the time it was Japanese. And uh, after a while, I didn't understand Japanese, so uh, it was kind of a communication gap there. But the town was had their Japanese stores and churches and community buildings and, and things. Um, and I lived there until I was 18 and uh, married and, and I left. Sari got married to a husband in the Air Force. He was in the Navy at the time. He was on a, uh, a ship, and his ship 
was stationed out of Long Beach, and I was going to, to school. Actually, I had started junior college. I w was uh, working uh, part-time at a dime store and then part-time babysitting for a lady that lived around the corner. And her husband, as it turned out, was on the same ship as his ad, and uh, so they came, and he came to their house, and he walked me home and kind of went from there. <laughs> uh, being in the military uh, and, and going lots of different places for a while, it seems like every two or three years we had to move to another base. What are the places you went? Um, let's see, Upper Michigan, Marquette, Michigan. Wouldn't uh, recommend that. It's very cold. It's even colder than Alaska. Anchorage was not bad compared to uh, Upper Michigan. Went to Guam, we stationed there for a couple of years. And then uh, Omaha, uh, north of Sacramento, Missouri. Uh, east of Kansas City, and then Alaska. So they hopped around a little bit. But most of the places, uh, and I didn't have a lot of contact with any Asian people, period. And everybody assumes that you're from the old country, and they kind of, you know, oh, I'm surprised that you speak English so well. <laughs> Sally's husband got stationed in Anchorage, Alaska in 1977, and they lived there for 40 years. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad things have changed, and uh, my, we have two daughters, and they've never had any issues. Of course, uh, most of their education was in Anchorage, which is a multicultural city. It, it's great for that, so you weren't... Uh, segregated or pointed out or anything like that for being anything. After being distant from her heritage for a long time, one day she decided to join the Japanese American Citizen League in Alaska. I just happened to see something in the the, the paper and, and said they were having meetings, but the JACL, there was uh, just maybe at the most, maybe 35 people, something like that total. It, it would, and it was just a social group, mostly. We'd get together and have potlucks and like New Year's, you know, ozoni soup and, and picnics. We'd have a few picnics. And, and uh, I kind of liked that because at home in Gardena, my father was in these groups and we would have uh, picnics, or we'd go to the community hall and s see old Japanese movies, and I didn't know what they were talking about, but that's all right, because it was funny. <laughs> yeah, and it's just nice to, uh, for me to be with people that look like me. She cherishes her memories with her grandmother, who returned to Japan and went to visit her when she was 15. Her first trip to Japan presented some culture shock. I actually went to Japan when I was 15 to visit her. That would have been 1962. Do you remember how you felt first when you... Well, it was, of course, I wanted to go somewhere, you know. 
L.A. to Seattle to Anchorage. I get motion sickness. So I had to get off the plane real quick. <laughs> I met my cousin in uh, Tokyo. Of course, I didn't know who he was. He just came, and, and we had to stay in Tokyo for uh, at least, I think, one night. And, and then uh, we got on a train and took the train to Yanago. And, you know, was like, hmm, I don't know this guy. <laughs> kind of different. And then, of course, uh, my uh, grandmother, she lived in the same house. That must have been a, like a family house or whatever. It was the old style with the tatami. It was a very small house. It did have uh, a little kitchen. It, it was different. I, I was there, I think I was there two weeks. I had lots of uh, relatives there. My father's brother, he was pretty close, so we had dinner at his house. And he looked exactly like my dad. I was just really surprised, you know, because I, I don't think I even saw a picture of him before I went. He lived in a Japanese-style house, you know, with the sliding doors and the doors. Were, it was summer and it was hot. And, and all of a sudden these little, it was bugs. It was like a, I don't know, but it made a lot of noise. It wasn't a cricket. Uh, but it was flying around, and it was like, uh-oh, I have to leave. But you can't just leave, you know. <laughs> and you have to eat everything. And, of course, a lot of stuff was different. That, mm, And I'm sure he probably wrote back to my father and said what uh, I wasn't very courteous. <laughs> but that, that was an experience. But it, it was it was nice. It, everybody was really nice, and of course, different different life, totally different than what what I was used to. And it was an eye opener. I went back to Japan again and brought our two daughters, five and or four and six, something like that. There was a a chartered flight that was going to Japan, and uh, the seats were really reasonable. And I think that's why I ended up taking the kids. And then my grandmother was getting older, and I, I wanted to see her, but I didn't think I could ever afford to go. But uh, they got to meet their grandmother, a uh, great-grandmother, and uh, uh, my grandmother lived until she was almost 100, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> she also keeps in touch with her cousins in Japan, and they have visited each other on several occasions. After their retirement, Sari and her husband moved to Arizona, and she is now a member of Japanese American Citizen League in Arizona. This chapter, I think they have probably over 200 members, and they're able to do a lot of stuff, a lot of community uh, things. I learned a lot about the past and, and just what happened with the people, and I, I like being around, uh, and, and it's fun. I, uh, I left uh, home when I was 18, 
I didn't pay attention to how, uh, like Japanese cooking and stuff. I was over at the Asian market a couple of years ago, and, and they asked me to make something for a potluck, and they all laugh at me because, you know, oh, Sally doesn't know any of the names. <laughs> but the memory came back. Yeah, yeah. So that means your mom or your dad was cooking Japanese food. Right? Yeah, my mother, yeah. yeah. Sukiyaki is probably the only thing that uh, I had a name for. It, at New Year's, they would, uh, she would always make mochi su ozoni. We go to uh, Japanese restaurants, but the uh, things that they have on the uh, on their menu are really not the things that my mother used to make. I guess my mother just made simple, everyday, home cooking kind of things. Sally became more involved in the organization, and she helps with activities for senior members. Well, it's just uh, having contact with others. A lot of uh, 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 members, they uh, live alone, or, you know, it's just them and their spouse, and, and maybe they're not able to get out. Uh, uh, some of them, they, they don't drive. Just getting them involved, allowing them to have a, an activity every now and then. Of course, COVID, the board has been kind of creative. Oh, we did a, a car bingo in the parking lot. Everybody came and, you know, social distance because you're in your cars. And, and so we got up and held up the bingo numbers and had prizes and, and then... Uh, passed out a, like a, a bento from one of the restaurants and and that's the other thing is uh, a lot of these small Japanese restaurants we've been able to do a little bit as far as you know ordering like I think when when we do the bentos there's probably at least 80 90 bentos that w and that that helps those restaurants keep afloat so so that's a good thing you know, I, I kind of feel like um, you need to give back. Now, do you think, you know, preserving the heritage is important to you? I, I, I don't know that it's so much uh, preserving the heritage. Just I'm Japanese, and if people see that, you know, I'm willing to, to help people, and maybe they'll have a better understanding or consideration for people that aren't, aren't the same as themselves. So what happened during the war, I'd like people to remember that so it doesn't happen again. But uh, yeah, I think we all need to, to know our past. Uh, and uh, you know, no matter how long it took, takes, it took me a long time, but education is the key and it, it's the future for you. Even though Sari has experienced uncomfortableness and unfamiliarity with her heritage, I was struck by the fact that she now says she's Japanese. Regardless of the era and place we grow up, we still experience the pressure of blending into mainstream culture. Sari's fond memories with her parents and grandmother provide a hint to start building a good relationship with our heritage and be proud of where we came from. This episode was produced by Reina Higashitani 
Music is composed by Aiko Fukushima, edited and sound mixed by Christine Park and Reina Higashitani.